Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host. Uh, today, we're talking to Grayson Strange from Basis Health and Performance. Uh, they have a great gym out in Chico, California, and uh, really helped me in the last month or so with mobility. And that's really what I wanted to bring him on today to talk about is his process. He's a, a functional range conditioning certified coach, and he teaches that to all of his clients at his gym and online. And they do kin stretch practices, which all of these work we're going to go over in the episode, but he really has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to mobility. And a lot of this stuff, even though it seems really kind of out there or even maybe too sciencey for a lot of you, he really makes it uh, practical and allows you to understand what it is that what you might need to do specifically to improve range of motion and mobility so you can perform better in the gym, so you can feel better outside of the gym uh, and, and really just improve health and, and longevity, which is really kind of the whole point, right? So we had a great conversation and get into a lot of that stuff. Uh, if you have a notebook and a pen handy, get it out and take notes because this one is chock full of good stuff. Uh, so before we get into that, if you haven't done so yet, please, wherever you're listening to your podcast, rate, review, subscribe to the show, give us five stars. All that really helps get seen by more people and heard by more people and helps the show grow so we can kind of take this thing to the next level and, and make it something really special. So thank you for those that are listening and have done so already. If you haven't, get on over there and do that. And uh, I have nothing to bribe you with, but if I did, I would definitely be bribing you right now to do so. And if you want to game the system a little bit, just unsubscribe, resubscribe, do that three or four times. That actually really helps uh, if you don't have ethical issues with cheating a, a rating system. So uh, anyways, I'll probably do that a few times. So that is all leading up to this episode. I'm really pumped for you guys to hear great and enjoy the episode. 
in-person personality. Here's Grayson's over-the-phone personality. They're very different. I don't know how to make them come together. It's two different it's taken people. taken a long it's, time. Oh, dude. And yeah. then and then the, the perfect example of it this morning, like we have all these technical problems and then we just end up falling back into having to do a Zoom again. Like <laughs> I know. I know that program looks pretty slick, though. It, I imagine it, it's it's awesome. Minus it the actually mobile is. Deal. Well, and it's really nice uh, because what it does is it lo- is it records each person's audio locally as a separate file. So it's not just one oh. like jumbled Zoom MP4 or whatever. So then I can actually go back in each separate audio track and edit and like master levels and stuff. So it makes just, it really yeah, nice that way. But that's slick. Honestly, the, ma- the, the magic of podcasts is all in the editing anyways. So this will sound just as good. <laughs> <laughs> just, cool. I slowly learned that with kind of everything like photography, video, sound, all that. Editing yep. is the real deal. That's the thing yep. that makes it or breaks it. And it's been nice. Uh, I have a, a good buddy of mine who's one of my who's in my one of my coaching groups now, but he's a a sound editor and works on movies and stuff. And he's like my guy that's doing most of the producing of the podcast. I'm like, dude, just I'm gonna send you all these files. You make them yeah, sound just, good. Just make it sound good. Yeah, <laughs> it's sweet. That's sweet. Well, cool, man. I cool. appreciate you uh, finally having let's working this thing out schedule wise. We're kind of both all totally, over the place man. with stuff. So good to have you. Appreciate happy, it. Happy to do it. Well, I appreciate being here. So. Um, I wanted to have you on because the whole mobility thing is like this giant umbrella of words and and protocols and (laughs) things that like are a thousand different things underneath it. And none of them are really the same. And everybody thinks they know what they all are. And it's just like, oh, it's just stretching. Right. And uh, I've been (laughs) doing (laughs) and I've been doing uh, the Kin Stretch program that you guys at Basis do for just about a month now and love it. And it's been been great. And I went through your uh, back when you were using the other platform, the strength, the the 12 week strength block. Yeah, right. Back in the fall. And you guys incorporate a lot of the same mobility protocols into your strength thing. So why don't you give like a little bit of background as your kind of transition from what you were doing previously in, in health and all that stuff that kind of, you, you told me it's like your point of no return when you came to the, like the FRC and the kin stretch stuff. So what was that like kind of journey for you? Like, yeah, I I would love to fill you in. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, I've been, I've been doing some kind of strength training since I was like 14 and you know, a lot of it in the beginning was very ego related. Like I was just a skinny little kid and I just wanted to be, have big muscles and, look tough and you know all those things that you go through in your head when you're a teenager and uh through that through weightlifting i got into competitive cheerleading like co-ed cheerleading nice and then crossfit and i got really deep into crossfit you know i was like i'm gonna go to the crossfit games and i just i loved that stuff um Mm -hmm. and that was just kind of all of my training was just revolved around you know being strong and moving weight and you know, my idea of a good workout was just crushing myself as much as possible. The more, the better, you know, pain is weakness, leaving the body, all of that stuff that gets drilled into you. And, um, I did that for all the way, you know, through my twenties and right about 30 is when I just started to not feel as good. You know, it was just like little, my shoulder, my left shoulder would hurt. My left knee would hurt. My back Mm -hmm. would get cranky sometimes. And then it just kind of got worse and worse until it was like, I would bend over too fast to tie my shoe and I would get a back spasm and I'd be out for two weeks. And, you know, it it was like this, this thing of being really strong in the gym, but being really fragile and brittle in every other instance of my life outside of the gym. So it was like, 
what am I doing? Am I, I'm like living and training to be really strong in the gym and sacrificing everything else. <laughs> What's the point um, right now? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in the gym, it was satisfying to my ego, but really feeling delicate like that. And just, you know, generally cranky. Like if I sat in the car for a few hours, I would get up and I'd have to stand up like a 70 year old, right? I had to push off of my knees to stand upright. And I was like, yep, grab the this is where I am top of the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If this is where I am at 30, well, what's 40 going to be like, it's going to be bad. Right. Um, and, uh, my, my business partner, um, had seen some, one of the FRC guys, Dewey Nielsen. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with him on yeah. Instagram. Um, he's one of their, you know, one of their master coaches and he's just a, a general all around badass. We saw him doing some crazy stuff, hanging on this pull-up structure, doing like single arm hanging scapular movement. And I was like, Whoa, what, what is that? I gotta go. I gotta go try that. You know, of course I got up on, it. I was like, Oh, that just hurts my shoulder. I can't do that at all. <laughs> and, and he had, you know, hashtag functional range conditioning. And that was really our first, you know, glimmer into, I mean, I didn't know what it was. I just started functional right. range conditioning. This guy's doing some badass stuff. I'm curious about that. And we started, I followed him and some other FRC people and we got very intrigued about what they were talking about. Although back even, I mean, even now there's not a whole lot out there, you know, you kind of see yeah. some of the stuff, but until you really do it, you don't quite understand what it's all about. Um, it's, anyway, still pretty underground. First, it's still pretty underground right now. I would say it, it is It's way underground. And I, I, you know, I, I will, we'll, we'll get to that point later. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it will stay somewhat underground for a long time for my own reasons that I think, but right. Anyway, um, we went to the first functional range conditioning certification and it was this, I mean, I feel like, you know, I was, I was pulled out of the matrix all of a sudden, you know, I just <laughs> the, like the approach to training that they have is just so wildly different than anything else. You know, it was yeah. like, if your joint is not ready to do this thing, you shouldn't do it anymore. And over that course of that weekend, I realized 90% of the stuff I was doing, I had done no preparation for my preparation mm. was just go to the gym and start working out, which right. that's how we had people come into our gym at the time. You know, it's like, Oh, you don't have a good squat yet. Well, we'll just keep the load light and keep squatting or, you know, you don't have pull-ups yet. Well, we'll just work on banded pull-ups or something like that. Right. Versus this approach now of like, if you don't have a shoulder hanging is really bad for your shoulder. And so I, yeah. I had this, we all kind of had this moment of like, Oh no, I, do I have to start work, stop working out? I, I don't know where to go now. I just, <laughs> I, you know, you, you identify so long as somebody who's like, you work out, that's what I do. And all of a sudden that was gone or I felt like it was risky. So, I mean, I really had a few weeks there where I was like, I'm lost. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I got myself together. I slowly started to try to integrate it, but you know, they, one of the things that they do in functional range conditioning is that they, they put a lot on you to learn and practice it, right? Like they give you the overall system and then they say, go do it. And there's yeah. all these questions of like, but, but how, you know, should I do, <laughs> yeah. should I do this? Like before I squat, should I do it after I squat? Should I not squat? And they're like, I don't know. I can't tell you that because it's also dependent on what you want to do and what right. your body needs. So as there's, there's this, you know, I think in the fitness industry in general, there's the seeking of like, I want a simple answer. Tell me the three steps that I need to do every day to make my back feel better. Exactly. Like, there's probably three things you could do for your back every day, but it's going to be wildly different depending on what's going on. Or maybe it's not your back. Maybe we need to get your hip. Um, so I think, you know, for almost everybody who goes there, if they, if they buy into what they're saying, which it's pretty compelling, it's hard not to, unless you're just like, I don't believe you. I'm, I'm going to ignore you because this is right. telling me I shouldn't work out. Um, I think that can be hard for people because it is such a, a complete direction change. You know, like if you're training people 
you realize like, wow, my personal training clients probably shouldn't be doing a lot of this stuff, or I need to have a different approach. And how do I do that? That just takes time figuring it out. Yeah. So anyway, I did that, spent time working on it, slowly started to reintegrate stuff. And it was, you know, I just started to see these leaps and bounds in the way that I felt and the things that I was able to do. And the more FRC that I did, the less I trained doing the classic stuff. You know, I was doing hours and hours a week of strength training. It's like, wow, I, I did like 20 minutes of strength training, but I'm making progress doing this and I feel really good. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And then getting our gym to buy into doing it. This is at the old gym, Rob's old gym, NorCal Strength and Conditioning. When we were okay. there, you know, we, we had yep. everybody doing cars. We had everybody kind of implementing this, which was tough because that was, you know, they went from CrossFit to not doing CrossFit. Right. And then we're trying to get them to do FRC stuff. And we're telling them, like, I know I've been having you do these banded pull-ups for the last four years. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do those anymore. And, you know, there was obviously there was pushback because people were just like, you've been lying to me for four years. You know, like, <laughs> what have we you can't been doing this time? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there was definitely this long process of buying into it, but it was, it was really cool to see how people responded to it once they started doing it. You know, yeah. that's like, I mean, I, I, I tell lots of people who are coaches, you know, like if you really want to give your clients the best opportunity for improvement, functional range conditioning is a huge tool to, to do that because it, there's nothing else out there that I've found that can give you those results. You know, there's always this, this, kind of rotation that just goes around of like, I can't do this thing. So we have to avoid it. And we just keep avoiding that thing forever. This is something that just allows you to to make that better and then go do that thing if you want to do it. So Um, I think that's actually a good, uh, a good space to, to bring up like, what is the, sort of overall theory of FRC. Cause I mean, like you and I are talking in like lingo, like cars and, and all this yes. kind of stuff. So yeah. what is like the overall kind of approach that is different than you just me saying you like, go do some stretches before you train. Like, because one of the things that I noticed when I started doing this and I worked with, um, I did a 12 week program of some kin stretch type stuff a couple of years ago with, uh, Zach out of, Oh a, yeah. Uh, I can't Zach, think Zach of deck. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. About two about two years ago, I did a twelve week block of of his kind of stuff, and that was really my very first approach into the FRC nice. stuff. And I think what's important to note is like, while it is similar in what you would assume is kind of stretching, like it's not just you sitting down in your like just kind of flopping over and stretching your hamstrings and stuff. Like people assume if we're saying don't work out and doing this that it's going to be easy. And yeah. some of this stuff, I like seriously feel like I've never done a single exercise in my life. And I feel like I'm brand new to fitness (laughs) because some of it's so hard and I'm just like dripping sweat. And all I'm doing is sitting on my butt and like lifting my straight leg off the ground for two seconds. Like, so give a little bit of like theory of what it is that we're talking about. Gladly. I will. Um, so there's all this talk in the functional range conditioning world of mobility. Right. And the, the tricky part is that mobility like you said, it's this massive umbrella of all of this stuff that's jumbled together. And, you know, if you go look up like the hashtag mobility, it's like, you're going to see people doing manual therapy and massaging and foam rolling and Theraguns and stretching. And it's like, is this all mobility? I don't know. Right. So functional range conditioning has a, a different definition of mobility in the sense of mobility is described more so as usable ranges of motion. And they kind of differentiate between your every joint in your body has a passive range and an active range. So anybody who's gone and done yoga and you, you stretch, that's, that's passive stretching, right? We know that we passively stretch for a while. We get a little bendier probably by the end of the class. It's like, wow, I can t- stretch my hamstrings. I can touch my toes now. Mm-hmm. But 
that was just you leaning forward and holding onto your feet for a long time. All that gets you better at is being passively stretchy. It doesn't give the tissue in those positions strength. It doesn't mean that that's a usable range of motion. So this is really a very general term as you're, you're developing new range of motion that may not be there. And then you're making that range of motion strong. And it gets, it gets much more specific than that. Like we, when we look at a, a certain joint, like a shoulder, a shoulder has a fundamentally important movement, and then it has all of the other movements that it can do. Now, without that important fundamental movement, all of the other stuff that it can do is somewhat compromised. So for example, you might have a really hard overhead position. It might be really hard for you to get your arm straight over your head. That's called shoulder flexion. If you don't have that, but you also have really bad internal rotation, since the shoulder joint is a joint that needs to rotate well first, that's what we focus on. We get it to rotate better, and then we can train that other stuff. And to get that to work, it takes loading. We have to load the tissue because that's what changes tissue over time is mm -hmm. force and time, right? Without that, it's just passive stretching, and all I do is get better at passive stretching. So. Right. That's essentially what it is, which is very similar to, you know, strength training. It is, it is really strength training. I mean, you might see in the FRC and all their posts and stuff, people are talking like, I'm doing mobility work, but this is strength training. And that's really just because the principles that I would need to apply to make my shoulder internally rotate better yeah. are the same principles that I would use to make my squat stronger if I was squatting. And it's, it's similar in that sense, but we're looking at it at a much more microscopic level, right? Like I, if yeah. maybe I want to get a better press or bench press or something, but I need to make sure that my shoulder works like it's, it's supposed to, my elbow works like it's supposed to, and my wrist works like it's supposed to. And supposed to is kind of like, yes, I need some fundamental range of movement, but then I need X amount based on the activities that I want to do. So if I just want to be able to get up and down off the ground and play with my kids, I need this much. If I want to do bench press, I need this much more than that. If I want to do yeah. Olympic weightlifting, I need more than that. So it really, you know, we have this set of tools that we can use to change joint mobility and make those positions strong. And then it's very much geared towards like, what is lacking? Let's resolve that. And now let's continue to train that for the things that you want to do. So when you apply that whole system, what you really get is this lasting mobility because you've changed the cellular structure to cells that do more stuff around that tissue in that joint or all of the joints, depending on what you're working on. And that's, that's the main difference, right? It's yeah. like, I don't need to go to touch my toes. I don't need to go stretch my hamstrings for 10 minutes and then have somebody push on my back. And it's like, hey, I can touch my toes. See, right. I can just pop out of bed in the morning, unwarmed up. And I have this usable range of motion where I can just bend over and touch my toes. It's like, Oh, mm -hmm. that's easy. That doesn't hurt my back. So that's, I think that's the overarching. That was, nope, that, was system. <laughs> that was a very good definition of it. Uh, so with some of the, the lingo, so because I, I use it, uh, with some of my clients now doing cars. I mean, like that's kind of when you're, when you're plugged into this, you know, or unplugged, I guess you could say, if we're talking about like yeah. unplugging from the matrix, once you're in this world, uh, there's like, that is one of the things that I think is the, the most accessible for people to kind of get right off the bat. Like, yeah. uh, the whole concept of your joints love circles right? Like move, move your joints in, in really slow controlled circles through whatever full range of motion is like for you currently, right? So totally, uh, totally. And so cars uh, go a little bit into that, because that's something that people have heard me say and ask about all the time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that learning the lingo of FRC takes longer yeah. than learning like the <laughs> right. principles of how to implement it into your life, right? right. So we, we all start, we start with cars. That's kind of level number one. 
Mm-hmm. And that does a whole bunch of stuff. The car is a controlled articular rotation. It's a very fancy name for moving one joint and only that joint through its entire pain-free range of motion. Yep. The pain-free is a big thing because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the idea, right? Like it doesn't matter how, how big that circle you can get through if it hurts to do that. So it's where does that joint move through its pain-free greatest range of motion? Right. The reason that cars are so important though is... One, you know, we like do do your cars every day. The reason we got to do cars every day is because there's this massive force that's happening all the time that we're unaware of called entropy, right? Like the force at play is making my tissue change and what I do with my tissue dictates how it changes. So if you take movement away from cells, if you completely remove movement, at some point those cells turn into scar tissue cells. If I move the tissue and I challenge it enough, my body thinks it's a priority to hold on to it and I maintain and I don't lose that mobility, which is really something that we kind of associate with aging. It's like, right. I don't know, at some point, just every time I reach to grab my seatbelt, my shoulder hurts. I never hurt my shoulder. I don't yeah. know what the deal is. That's really that stuff just going away because your body doesn't think it's a priority. So we do cars to maintain that. And part of that whole maintenance thing with the cars, when you when you move your joint through its end range of motion like that, especially when you're trying to do that fundamental, you know, like in a shoulder, we're trying to rotate the shoulder and external rotation and then internal rotation as we move through all the linear stuff that squeezes synovial fluid out of the, out of the connective tissue and essentially lubricates the joint and gives it nutrition. So one, we're telling the tissue that it needs to be able to do at least that. And we're giving the joint nutrition. When we do that every day, that's just like, brushing your teeth for your joints, right? It's really good joint maintenance. And really, it's like just a, a I mean, a five minute process to, you know, yeah, five to I 10 mean, minutes to go through. 10 minutes. Yeah, to go through the every every joint in your whole body. Like every it's joint, not, yeah. It's not like you're adding in a whole other workout to do that day. Like, like you said, it's just no. brushing your teeth. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience and perspective on the frequency thing after like, we'll go, let's talk about maybe pails and rails. Yeah. So we have this, we have this kind of first step, right? Like the, the joint maintenance thing. The other cool thing about cars though, is that it's a really good diagnostic. Like if you haven't moved each joint individually through its end range of motion, a lot of the time there's some surprises there. You're like, wow, it really hurts every time I get my shoulder in this position. I never really realized where that was or what that felt like. Um, The other component too, there's just this learning piece of your body. Just, we have all these joints that move together. So generally when we do something, we're not thinking about, I need to use this one joint in its entirety. I have many joints that will do that thing. And just that alone keeps enough demand off of each of an individual piece where we just lose some stuff. So there's a lot of motor learning here. And the advantage of that is that if I just learn how to move my shoulder through more range of motion, I train that I make it strong. That just means I am going to be better at anything that I do with my shoulder. It's very unspecific in that, which is, I think one of the coolest parts about FRC is that it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, it's not biased towards like, you shouldn't do this activity. You should do this. This is better than this. It's all like, it's all good. You got to do what you want. Just prepare your body to do that. Right. Which I think that's, that's cool. Cause there's this whole bias of the fitness industry, like squat this way, but not this way. This exercise is good. This one's bad. That's all BS. It just, it's about what you prepare yourself. Everybody's got their sides. (laughs) <laughs> totally. Yeah. Right. we got our teams and then I'm yep. not going to look at it. I hate everybody else who doesn't, right. isn't on my team. Right. Um, so the next step is this thing called pails and rails. And it's also a long, fancy sounding acronym. It's progressive angular isometric loading and regressive angular isometric loading. And essentially all that means is that if we're working on a joint, when we want to train the 
the progressive tissue in pales, that just means that the, the tissue that's stretched in the long position, we're isometrically trying to contract that stuff. When we do rails, we're contracting the tissue on the other side of the joint, right? Because our joints are in this antagonist system. Like when I straighten my elbow, my tricep gets short, my bicep gets long. Right. If I did pales, if I was holding my arm straight and trying to bend my elbow, I'm basically doing pales on my bicep stuff. Mm-hmm. If I tried to straighten my elbow harder, I'm doing rails by trying to contract the tricep. And there's kind of two components to pales and rails. If you have a joint that's really tight, we passively stretch it first because that's kind of the number one thing. We do need to be able to get the joint into that position if we want to train it. So we need to, if you're tight, like I'm just generally, I don't have a lot of flexibility naturally. I'm pretty tight. So we stretch passively in a position, a reasonable stretch. After we're there for the kind of the minimum effective dose, which is about two minutes of stretching, we can always go longer, but two minutes is the the ideal. Then we do these isometrics where we train the tissue on both sides of the joint in that position. And the reason for that one is when we isometrically load it, it's a very strong signal to the cells that they need to do more than they can do now. It's like, you need to be strong here, work, work. And so we apply force, which changes the cellular structure over time. The nervous system gets better at contracting that tissue. And then as those cells are dying off and regenerating, we get cells that move just a little bit more than the next ones because they pass in that information to the next ones. Like you need to be able to do this, be better at it than us. Um, The other cool thing about that though, is just untrained, our joints are naturally weakest in their end range. So we have this component like where my, my hip flexes to a certain point and I lose strength as it gets to that end range. So when we do those isometrics there, it builds up strength in the end range. So we get this, we don't have this bell curve where I'm only strong in the mid range of my joint. I'm really strong in the very end ranges. And that just means that you have, you have more options. You know, if my hip can do more, that means that when I go into the bottom of a squat, my low back is force is being taken off of that because it's not having to compensate for that weaker position that my hip is. I think one of the coolest things about the whole process, and I think it's cool because this is like the world that I live in for a living, right? So totally, yeah. I rather enjoy finding things that I'm really crappy at all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, but like honestly, this no. whole this whole practice is one of those things where, like I mentioned kind of earlier, you will find like places and areas of your body and things that just feel so foreign to you. They're like, how is this something I've never even done before? Like it, it, certain things like that will just click and you're like, well, of course my, my low back hurts. If I like, you know, like I can't even sit in this position on the floor and move my leg without it hurting. Like, so of course yeah. I'm feeling other things. So I, I think that's one of the coolest things about the whole system is like, it's not just like you, like we said before, it's not just this passive flopping on the ground, like deep stretching kind of stuff. You're just laying there or you're just kind of like haphazardly rolling on a foam roller on your back. Like people do at the gym before they do stuff. Like you're actually working on improving certain areas, just like you would if we were doing a regular training session, we're working on, you know, deadlifts or whatever. I mean, if you approach it with the same mindset, like you're going to improve in that same way. And I mean, I don't know how long the process was for you when maybe you can go into that a little bit, like from when you started it to like maybe where you were, mobility ish wise when you kind of started and like, what was it specifically that improved for you? Because I know for me, like I was, um, excuse me, I did decathlon in college. Oh yeah. Uh, so I mean, 
all, I mean, 10 different events, right? And track and field, yeah. like all of the things. Yeah. And I'm not big. So the throwing things were like my weakest ones, obviously. Uh, yeah. But like throwing jab and throwing, I mean, like my shoulders have just taken beatings for the longest sure. time. And so like, that's where I, I know is my weakest areas. And so like doing some of just the internal rotation stuff, laying on your side and like doing those exercises that way, like it sucks. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome <laughs> because I know that this is yeah. actually working and that's stuff that's actually improved fairly quickly, which is cool, which I think anybody that's getting into a new endeavor fitness wise, as much as us as coaches like to say, we're doing this for the long game, right? You're not really selling people much when you say you're not going to see progress for like two years, but totally, but this whole process, I mean, like you do tend to, to feel better and see some progress, I, in my opinion, fairly quickly. So like, what was your kind of process? In yeah, no, that? I think that's a really good question. I mean, cause this is something that I, I have to reiterate to my clients often, especially getting somebody new in there because, yeah. you know, you, especially if that new person, maybe they've been working out before with another trainer, they've been doing stuff, you know, like we're squatting, you know, when we get somebody in part of the FRC system is like, we assess their joint movement. We can do that with cars. We look at fundamental, like how much does your hip internally and externally rotate? And so you get somebody in there and it's like, damn, you have zero degrees of hip internal rotation. Squatting is actually not good for you. A lot of times people are like, well, but I want to squat though. Like, what are we going to do? So you have to, you know, there's, I mean, this job, like, we care about people. Obviously we wouldn't do it if we didn't care. We want to help people feel better, but there is that salesy component of why, why should I care if my hip internally rotates? Like I'm squatting now, my body's not telling me not to squat. So that component is, is really important. Um, I think as far as like the, the progression of it though, like you said, you do feel better. You do feel better pretty quickly often, right? We we notice yeah. this immediate improvement. And so a lot of that is our tissue is, is somewhat elastic, right? Like you do yoga, you stretch your hamstrings by the end of the class. You're like, damn, I can touch my toes. We wake up right. tomorrow. I probably can't touch my toes anymore. <laughs> right. So we do get this immediate response of doing it where we do usually feel a little bit better. There's some kind of change that are like, I just, I just feel a little bit looser or my, you know, whatever, if I had this uncomfortable spot in my hip, we can usually get that to feel better. And that's just that elastic component of the of the tissue, right? We, well, the elastic component from the stretching and when we do pails and stuff like that, we're, we're building up this cortical map, right? Our nervous system has this image of our body and all of its parts and space where they are, the better we train those pieces, the more defined that gets. So our body just has a better understanding of how to move stuff, which often that can be the difference between being in in pain and or not in pain. If my body understands how to move my hip better, it's not going to need to have my back compensate to pick up from my hip. So usually it is pretty quick where you get the lasting change though, is over the course of weeks and months when you do that, where those cells are now coming back, biology is doing its thing and we're getting better tissue. So I usually tell people that, you know, like, if I were to do a session with somebody, they come in because their shoulder's funky. Like my goal for the, for that day is to at least see some visual improvement on the movement there. And maybe as a side effect, like, wow, my shoulder does feel a little bit better. And I say, great, do this every single day. Here's your list of homework things to do. It's not crazy long. might take 15 minutes, right? In a couple of weeks, you should really start to notice now when you're waking up in the morning, you feel a little bit better. And in three months, you might feel like your shoulder is completely different. But I tell them, it, you know, that's that's kind of the progression. Give it a couple months of, of 
doing your due diligence and doing that stuff every single day. And you get some really, really profound changes. Um, the other thing that I try to tell people though, just from the, the training standpoint, cause there's, you know, we kind of use this FRC stuff at a, like a multi-point intervention. It's like, okay, yeah. shoulder doesn't do shoulder stuff. Here's the things that we're going to do to train the shoulder. But the other part of that is we also got to lay off the stuff that is hurting your shoulder, right? That's, that's right. putting too much demand on that tissue and that joint to be able to do it. Remember though, that the stuff we're doing here to make your shoulder better, that is strength training. We're applying force. We're, we're challenging you in positions that your body has a hard time working on. It's just like you were saying, like, why is this, why am I sweating trying to pick my leg up a quarter of an inch <laughs> off the ground? That's just a really good example of when your body is working in that very end range where it doesn't have a lot of strength and control, it's max effort. It might not be max yeah. effort in the sense that you're used to like, this is what a one rep max deadlift feels like. Right. You are struggling, you're sweating and you're like, damn it. I'm just trying to pick up my 500 pound leg. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's I, what I, it feels you know, I just, like it, it does. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's why I really, re I reiterate that to people like this is strength training. This is yeah. going to make your shoulder better, but also let's find some shoulder stuff that you can do that is, appropriate for your shoulder. So I, I right. think there's always, there's always an opportunity to, to keep training. We just have to tweak it a little bit and, you know, you got to sell it, but I think we're not going to make stuff up. We're not going to bullshit people. We're just going to be honest with them and be like, right. do this. It's going to get you strong. And then you're going to get back to the stuff that you want. And if that takes a couple months, that's well worth your time in the grand scheme of your lifespan, right? Especially if you feel better. Absolutely. And I think one of the cool things that you guys specifically do in the programming side of things, which it's gradually having influence on how I program things as well. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Which That's is awesome. cool. Uh, is like you said, you're still, we still have other, you know, like what you would consider traditional workouts, right. Where you're doing things, but yeah, this, this process is kind of weaved into the normal stuff to, to, to work with the lifts that you're doing to improve. So if, for, for example, uh, one of the ones that I did a few days back was doing uh, like slow tempo deadlifts. And then for my, for your rest period, you're doing like spinal waves on, on all fours, like cat cow, and then yeah. some, some hamstring pails and stuff. Right. So, I mean, like you're yeah. working that in and using it essentially as almost like a rest. And when I did that the first time, I mean, like it literally felt light years better by the time I was on my last set of deadlifts. Yeah. It, you know, like, I mean, just feeling better. Like it was something I, I felt like I was opened up more. I was moving better. And it's one of those things yeah. where it was as a coach, I look at it differently. Right. But like, it was one of those yeah. kind of light bulb moments where like, damn, like this makes total <laughs> sense. Like, why, why aren't we doing this more? And so like, it's gradually kind of weaving its way into in my stuff with my guys too. But that's like kind of what you're that's saying. So cool. It's, you work with what you're doing. And so you're not just saying, Oh, you're never, you're not going to work out for six months at all. Like we're all totally. going to do is just this, you know, this single joint strength work. And like, that's part of it, but we can still do these other things that you have the capacity for and use them in a way that's you're still making progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this was part of the, in the beginning, like we were trying to figure out like, how the hell do we implement this stuff? Cause yeah. they don't, you know, nobody's, nobody's telling you that actually I hear that they're coming out with a strength training certification for a functional range conditioning. I'm oh, stoked because wow. nice. I mean, those, they, they are super smart and they just, they, they do their research. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what that's all about. Um, but outside of that, you know, like we just basically started like playing with it how do we put this stuff in here? Let's right. try to do this with strength training. And what we realized was 
you know, that thing, like if I need a better hip and I'm squatting, maybe I have enough range of motion to squat, but the squatting is not making my hip function better. I'm just training all of the muscles along those chains, but it's never enough to, to influence just the hip because they're sharing that load between my back, my ankles, my knees, my hips. So what if we put stuff in there as a superset that is actually improving the function of your hip? Right. And that just makes sense because now it's like, okay, well now I'm, I'm dividing my training up between training things that I want, you know, like the sexy stuff, the weightlifting stuff, <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to call it. And this other thing that's making my hip better. Well, that just makes sense, right? That's just like a logical way to do it. But really what you end up getting out of that is since the principles that we apply to make that hip work better are really the same as strength training principles, I'm getting extra stimulus on that tissue, right? So I get a little more of that, just the demand put on that or my nervous system and tissues like, oh, we got to work better. We're also spending time building up those end ranges, which long-term is giving us more access to tissue. So now it's like, now you have more potential for building muscle in places where you couldn't because you can move that tissue more, you have more control over it. And then what you get outside of that is like, oh, my training is getting better. I'm getting stronger in the gym. And now I feel better outside of the gym. You know, and you asked like, what was my personal feeling with doing kin stretch? The biggest difference was I would work out and I would, you know, if I did deadlifts, my low back would always just get sore. And in my mind, I was like, well, yeah, my spine erector should get sore because I'm resisting spine flexion. I'm working those muscles. Right. Well, it turns out the reason they were getting really sore is because I was just working in a range where I had less strength and very little control. And those, that tissue was working way harder than it needed to. So what I realized was after doing all FRC stuff for these few years and improving all of my mobility and capacity in my tissue, it's like I could pull my one rep max deadlift and I'm not really sore the next day, the way that I was, you know, it's like, I might feel like I did something, but it's a very different feeling. And then just also all of these other little side effects, you know, like if you, that cortical map, when we get that more developed, it does lots of stuff like it improves your coordination, your balance, all those things, just because your body has a better understanding of movement and the things that you ask it to do. So I've been skateboarding since I was a kid, but after doing functional range conditioning for like five years, I was like, wow, I couldn't ever do that before. I skateboard way less now. Like how has my balance improved that much? Or backing, backing my truck up into the driveway, you know, turning all the way around. It's like, Oh, that's crazy. I don't feel my back, you know, like uh, cramping up every time I twist. I mean, all these little, little things, and then beyond just feeling better, my, my training time just kept going down. I kept cutting it down less and less. And that was just this really profound moment of, wow, if I, if I make my, my hip and knee and ankle just work better overall, and I apply a little bit of work on those things, I don't really need to do hardly any squats to still yeah. make progress building strength in my squat. I think so that's that was, a huge, that that's a huge thing for, for most. And, and this, this podcast is mostly targeted towards men, right? So a huge thing for most guys is like minimum effective dose of pretty much everything in life, right? Like, unless you're just love being the gym rat and like, that's just where you live and you want to work on stuff. But like most, most guys are coming in. They're like, how can I get the most bang for my buck in the gym and in all this stuff? And like doing this process, even if it's 15 minutes in the morning and that kind of stuff allows you to spend less time in the gym, like you said, and still get even probably more progress than what you were doing before you implemented the whole FRC system. Yeah. It's kind of like the unicorn, right? Like we don't ever like to say that in fitness. Like this is the thing that is everybody improves everything, but it kind of does in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I I've, I've been in this industry 
now, you know, like the fitness personal training stuff. I mean, since well, 2009. So it's just been a long yeah. time. I've had a lot of time to find stuff out there. And there's, I mean, there's, there's nothing that works like this. There's nothing that has this much science to back it up. And I've never seen anything that just works for so many people, you know, yeah. like in the beginning we were, we, you know, we had a hard time pitching it to everybody and over the course of getting everybody to kind of adopt it, it's like our kin stretch classes are our busiest classes in the gym, just because yeah. people feel so much better. That alone is just like, this is amazing. Yep. I think the only hard part about it is that just that component of it is a lot of information Yeah. and a lot of it falls back on you to practice it, learn it, and then figure out how you want to implement it. And it's just not this, the sad part is it's not the sexiest stuff. And since that's what right. sells, I think that's, I feel like that's the only thing holding it back. You know, like it is the magic pill that we all want, but it turns out that the magic pill actually does just take work and consistency <laughs> and there isn't a magic pill, but doing that does do all the stuff that we want from the right. magic pill. It's just a matter of getting people to adopt it and, you know, explaining why it's important. Because if you watch somebody, you know, like you were saying, you know, you come into a, a kin stretch class, like we have people come check the gym out and people are doing kin stress. They're like, Whoa, like, why are those people making those faces? Yeah. They're just like sitting on the floor. It looks like they're just stretching. <laughs> what are they doing? And, you know, I think that to some people is kind of like, Oh, it's, I don't know if that's a turnoff. So I think that's, I think that's like, our job as coaches is the most important part is just to tell people right. like what the potential is if they do it and set the expectations of this is going to take work just like any other exercise, but it will do all of those things that you really want from exercise. And there's not really anything else that does that. And I think that's kind of the, I mean, and, and really it's like it is with most things. And I say this not just because I'm a coach, but because I have them as well. And I know how beneficial they are. But like, if you're serious about learning this process, find a coach. Like, cause they will be able yeah. to walk you through this process. I mean, and then you don't have to feel like you're just sifting through all of this lingo and, and verbiage and all of the stuff that you weren't necessarily ready to handle all that information. Like having somebody explain it to you and ease you into it. Like that's going to make it more enjoyable one, but like definitely make it something that you want to do and can see the benefit of cause you're understanding it at your speed and that kind of stuff, which is honestly like, that's why I, well, that's why I signed up with you guys to do the kin stretch. Cause I'm like, I mean, I kind of understand it, but I want to be taught it, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of the yeah, whole it's, process. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Like it's the system itself is relatively straightforward and simple, yeah. but it goes so deep and there's, there's a lot of nuance to it, you know, because yeah. when you don't have a lot of awareness, like I, you know, one of the things that I realized after doing all this FRC stuff was how mindlessly I moved, you know, like it was just like, I don't know, I need to squat today. So I'm going to do squats. And I never thought about it more than that. I never thought about where I had so the feeling of, you know, like an, not an imbalance per se, but just something like, I don't know why there feels like there's so much more weight on my left leg when I squat, you know, I just kind of ignored all those things. So, yeah, I mean, just be, becoming, it makes you so much more aware of it, but there's so much to it and it's, it's, it is vast. I think it does get overwhelming. So I, I, I totally agree with that. Like finding somebody to kind of help you get started because once you kind of get the overall principles, you really can learn how to like do self-maintenance and apply it to yourself. And that's really what we really try hard to do is like do your cars. You know, if you yeah. look at how this joint is supposed to move, you can diagnose stuff really well on your own. And once you learn how to implement that stuff, you can, you can train anything, you know, you can, if, you're, yep. if we need to train your big toe to extend more, it's going to work the same way as any other part of your body. Here's the tools to do that, implement it. But yeah, in the beginning it is like, 
I mean, like I said, you know, I got out of the FRC certification. I was like, I'm just not going to work out. I don't know what to do with myself because I, I have no idea what to do. I've lost. Yeah. And as a side note, that is, and you, when you brought up the big toe thing just now, that is <laughs> the most frustrating thing I've ever done when it comes to like this whole process is one of the cars is like learning how to basically connect mind to joint, right? And yeah. be able to move each individual joint and trying to, if you've never done it, just put your foot on the ground and try to move your big toe without the other four toes leaving the ground. Like lift it off the ground. Lift it off the ground. It is my numbingly frustrating if you aren't able to do it because you're just sitting there like I can't move a single joint in my toe on command like without picking up my whole foot it's and I've luckily Dude. I've done this long enough now or I'm like I feel pretty good about my toe move you get it right yeah it starts but, to move I mean uh, at the, the FRC certification you know, I'm so standing in annoying. this room with like 350 other people and they're like all right <laughs> take your shoes off we're gonna learn how to move our toes I'm like oh yeah no big deal <laughs> Well, it just turns out there's 350 people making these crazy faces, staring at their feet and like moving their hands. They're like, Don't, you know, you're trying to move your toes. Why are you moving your hands? That is such a perfect example oh, of that so cortical good. map. Like if you never tried to move your toes before, your body doesn't know that there's toes there. It just goes, there's a foot. Right. Are their toes attached? I don't know. So you're oh, thinking man. like mentally, yes, I want to move my toes. Physically, it doesn't happen. But with practice, it's all of a sudden like, holy shit, I can lift my toes. That's amazing. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was like big victory day for me when I finally like yeah. <laughs> got that down the first time. Well, cool, man. I know you uh, got to get awesome. going and, and start training some people for the day. So we'll wrap it up here. Um, appreciate oh, you coming on, man. Pleasure. Fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it again at some point. So where can I would, everybody... I would love to. Yeah, where can everybody follow you? And if they're wanting to join the Kin Stretch stuff that you guys are doing, like where do we find all that stuff? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, so um, all of our Kin Stretch and our strength and our conditioning program is all yep. on Train Heroic uh, mm-hmm. under Basis Health and Performance is the name. Um, my name's Grayson Strange. You can follow me on Instagram. And actually, we are we're in the process. I know I told you this. We're moving to New York, so yeah, big. We're change. gonna have. Yeah, big change. We're going to uh, open a gym there. So we're going to have Basis Health and Performance New York. I actually just made the Instagram page for it yesterday. Nice. The gym here is going to be, there's going to be the Basis Chico gym. So that's the Basis Health and Performance Instagram right now is for the gym in Chico in California. So we're going to be like East Coast, West Coast. Uh, but we're going to continue all the online programming. And yeah, that's it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for hopping on and we'll talk to you soon, man. It was a pleasure, man. Take care. Have a really good day. We'll see you yeah. soon. Lots of stuff in that one. Uh, He had a lot of great things to say, and I was hoping that you guys were all taking notes because I was while we were talking, and it was just awesome to get all that information. And this is coming from someone who's actually using him as a coach for personal mobility and health and all that kind of stuff that he was talking about. So uh, go follow him, the Basis account uh, and his account. They have great things, great content. And again, one more time, if you haven't, please throw a five-star review, subscribe, and do all the good things that you do with podcasts and have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to y'all soon.